Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, wa nasta'inuhu, wa nasta'afiruhu, wa nu'minu bihi, wa natabakilu alayhi. Wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina, wa min sayyati amalina, ma yahdihillahu falamudilla lah, ma yudlilhu falahadiyalah. Wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah, wa nashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu. صلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا والصابروا ورابقوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم my beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. Wanu'minu bihi, wanatawakilu alayh. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more and many more. And so standing here, I ask you the same question that I ask every single time I stand before you, and that is for you and I to look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. And ask yourself what is changing in terms of the condition of your heart, what is changing in terms of your relationships, what is changing in our society, and then what is changing in our world. And once again, the simple reminder is that when we listen to the news across the world over and over again, we are hearing about people that are being returned to their creator, and as I've mentioned before, at the very least, take this as a reminder to yourself that each and every one of us at some point will be returning to our Creator. It is unavoidable. Now, having said that, I also want us to look at what is coming up in the course of this semester in terms of our personal development. So last time I asked each and every one of us to make some goals for this next semester so that when you look at yourself in May, you can say you've improved upon yourself in any of these categories, whether we speak about the condition of your prayer, quality and quantity, whether we speak about your, your charity, whether we speak about your fasting, what have you, look for something to improve upon with a lifelong goal of continuous quality improvement. And to make this point a step further, the problems that take place in general American non-Muslim society are almost exactly the same as the problems that take place in our community. And what are the big problems in our society? You can trace violence, the intense amount of violence in our society, to anger. What is it that compels someone to pull up a gun and go to work or go to a school, as there was another shooting just a couple days ago, and then shoot a bunch of people? This is a very serious, sick type of anger that is even con connected with something that we call toxic masculinity. Or another problem is the problem of doubt in belief. And ask yourself, what is the confidence you have in your belief? It is not, it is not unnatural 
to have doubt. The Allah Ta'ala himself is addressing the fact that if you have doubt, and this is happening pretty much on the fourth page of the Quran, if you have doubt, then go through the following steps. So the point is that if you have doubt, you should not feel guilty, but you have a prescription to follow. And actually, if I can ask all the gents to slide over this way. So, <clears throat> one of the biggest of all the issues, and you've heard me speak about this before, so this is just a friendly reminder, one of the biggest of all issues in our community and general American society, however, is the issue of gratitude. That gratitude is something that we are, as a community and as a greater society, running tremendously short of. Now, if I were to ask each and every one of you, are you grateful? Every single one of you would say yes. But ask yourself if you have the experience of gratitude, the consciousness of gratitude, because the analogy of anger that we just spoke about is like fire, and the analogy of gratitude is like water. So think first, what is it that causes people to get angry? Now, there is righteous anger. The Prophet, may peace be upon him, we have narrations of him being upset with various of his companions. One of the best of all those stories is an issue with this one companion, Ka'ab bin Malik, who did not go on an expedition. And when the Prophet, peace be upon him, would look at him, he had this firm face. And it seemed almost as though his face would change color. So the point I'm making is that there is a place for anger. When we speak of Omar, may Allah be pleased with him. That often when we think of his personality, we think of his personality as one of anger, but you can't find an example of someone personally insulting him and then him getting angry about it. Rather, he was being firm on Deen. And then, of course, we have the famous story attributed to Ali, may Allah be pleased with him, where he is wrestling, and then this wrestler spits on his face, and then Ali stops wrestling because he realized at that moment he would try to pin this person out of anger rather than out of this process of competition or trying to take the opponent down. So ask yourself first, what is the condition of your anger? And the easiest place to check your anger is what is the nature of your anger regarding your loved ones? Starting with your parents, looking at your siblings. I'm guessing almost none of you, maybe none of you have children, so we won't apply that. But what is the condition of your anger with your parents? Okay. Now, parents love those ayahs in the Quran that tell you you have to be good to your parents, right? The parents seem to have those ayahs memorized above all else. But having said that, even think of the times where your parents are being unfair with you. Even think of the time, the times where you feel as though your parents are abandoning you. And some of those complaints are legitimate. That we always talk about the rights of the parents over the children. We never talk about the rights of the children over the parents. Children have rights over their parents. You and I are entrusted by Allah to our parents to be raised as his servants. When you have children, they are not yours. Allah Ta'ala is entrusting you with these children to raise them in service to him. Keep that point in mind. That my daughters, who I always love to talk about and I always love to complain about and I always love to think about, are not my children. They belong to the divine. My job is that I've been entrusted to raise them in his service. 
So I am saying that as children, you do have rights over your parents. And I'm not giving you permission to call up your parents immediately after someone starts yelling at them for not fulfilling their rights, their responsibilities to you. But I am saying that sometimes the pain and anger is absolutely justified. But sometimes it goes a step further that quite a few students come to my office with complaints against their parents, usually against their fathers. And it's not so much the complaint that the father is abusing me. More often, it is a complaint that the father is abusing my mother. And I wish I could share with you all the different conversations that take place in my office so that so many of you could see that you're not alone in your struggles, that you are not the only one with certain dysfunctions in your family, that it is a common, common problem. It doesn't make the problem any easier, but hopefully it gives a little bit of balm to, to the difficulties. And so... The point being, ask yourself, what is the nature of your anger to your loved ones? Because the hard part then is that if you, for example, regard your parents, or in particular your father, the complaints are usually over the father, if you regard your parents as tyrannical, as tyrants, can you bring yourself to still have gratitude for them? If you have an oppressor in your life, because that's effectively what we're saying, can you bring yourself to have gratitude for this oppression? For the good, not for the oppression itself, but for the good that happens aside from the oppression. That is the test of your gratitude. So then apply to things that are easier. Sometimes we have conflicts over our siblings, and most often those conflicts are usually Silly, but they're conflicts that collect and collect and collect and collect and collect and then they explode. So what is the nature of your conflict with your siblings? But even easier, what is the nature of your conflict with other Muslims here on campus? So often students come to me with these complaints that such and such people are saying this about me and such and such people are saying that about me and the students are justified in being upset. And how many times have I asked every single one of us to take control of our tongues? The tongue is the easiest way to destroy an entire community just by letting it wag and say nonsensical things. And then if you're angered, then you say even more appropriate things. And then I have to come and pick up the pieces. And then worse than that, they usually play out during election season. Anyway, my beloved brothers and sisters, our overall point is about gratitude. And what am I saying? That it is hard for gratitude and anger to be in the same heart. So now shift to ask yourself in the different places in your life where you do have gratitude, where you can say to yourself, Alhamdulillah for this. Not what you should, what you do at this moment. Is it the opportunity to have a place to pray? Is it the opportunity to have study? Is it the opportunity to have friends? Is it the opportunity to have hope? I've given you the example of some of my students or their students. For example, this one student of mine who is interning at a junior high school in the far south side, where in eighth grade, the common age of many of these students was 16 and 17 years old because they kept getting held back over and over and over again. And if I've shared the story with you before, please pardon the repetition, except as a reminder. And so I asked my student about his students, what do they see in terms of their future? 
because my students here, mashallah, have hopes for med school, have hopes for grad school, have hopes for jobs, have hopes for marriage, and maybe even things bigger than all those things. And he says they don't have any hopes for anything. Now try to conceive of a life like that. That they have no hopes for anything. Meaning they've been conditioned, they've been raised to have no hopes for anything. That, to be honest for me, is inconceivable. I can't even comprehend that. And you and I know that's the norm of many people. What to think of people overseas who are struggling? This is people right here in our society. I'm saying, even if you have hope, take that as something to be grateful for. So, I'm giving you this prescription of something to work on, and it drives some of the students crazy because students I give this assignment to don't want to do it. But what is this simple assignment? There's a dua in Surah Al-Ahqaf, Surah 46, Ayah 15. And the simple translation is, My Lord, guide me to be grateful for what you have bestowed upon me and upon my parents. And it goes further than that. And then it goes further. And so forth and so on. So, what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Gratitude is not something that happens automatically. The fact that we have a prayer to develop gratitude means that gratitude, just like everything else, like physical strength, just like Iman, is also a muscle. So, that this is a muscle that you must develop and develop and develop. And the key to develop gratitude at first <coughs> is to start making these prayers for gratitude. But then, let's take it a step further. Every single one of us has recited Surah Al-Fatiha hundreds and hundreds, perhaps millions of times. No exaggeration. And one of the fascinating things on a side note about Al-Fatiha is think about how many times you've recited it and you don't get sick of it. Now think about how many times you've recited your favorite song until you eventually get sick of it. I'm sure many of these guys don't admit that they listen to Beyonce 24-7 and think about how, yeah. Okay, anyway, so I'm saying my beloved brothers and sisters, okay? When you're reciting Al-Fatiha over and over again, it just happens, but that's the side. When you and I are asking Allah Ta'ala in Al-Fatiha, guide us on the straight path, the path of those whom you have favored. At one level, we're asking guidance, and you and I have heard this so many times that it seems almost redundant. But is there anyone (coughs) in this room who has not received favors from Allah? Is there anyone in all of creation who has not received favors from Allah? Obviously, every single one of us has received perhaps infinity number of favors. So when I am asking Allah, guide me to the path of those whom you have favored, what am I really asking? Guide me to see my life as favors. Guide me to see the favors of my life. Because if I can see my life has favors, then how do I respond? Alhamdulillah, which is the core of the whole surah. So what I'm asking each and every one of us as a goal, another goal for this particular semester is to increase in gratitude. And if you can increase in gratitude, then those of us who have this very deep anger that might be coming from very deep pain, 
it can start putting that into perspective. It can start taking hold of that. It can start dissolving that. And if this is only a problem with one student or three students, I address that with them individually. I'm saying this is not just a community-wide problem. This is a nationwide problem, both in terms of Muslim and non-Muslim communities. That anger is at the core of so much of our discourse. Look at our political discourse. How much of it is fueled with hate and rage and anger. And think of even our sports discourse. Same thing over and over again. And the point is that if you and I can increase in our gratitude, not only will that increase our anger, but it's just going to make life easier to live. Ask yourself if you want to be miserable with the flame of anger inside of you. None of us want that. It's a sick feeling. So now, as part of that process, let's take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings on the Prophet. May peace be upon him. So, I'm not going to sugarcoat life. I am speaking about gratitude. I am speaking about it in terms of, of, of decreasing anger. I am speaking about gratitude in terms of making peace with ourselves. But I'm also saying that what you have ahead of you in life is going to be difficulty after difficulty after difficulty. There is going to be a lot of wonderful things in life. There are a lot of wonderful things in your life today. But you are always going to have pressures upon you. You are not going to be able to escape that. That's paradise. You are always going to have questions or trauma. You're not going to be able to escape that. Again, that's what paradise is for. And so what I'm also saying is that a purpose of nurturing gratitude in your heart is to help keep you sane as you get hit with more and more of life. That as you get older, on the one hand, you will get better at dealing with many of the struggles that hit you really hard when you're 20, when you're in your 30s and 40s. Most of those struggles will seem like a piece of cake. But then you're going to get hit with even harder struggles. And then when you reach your latter middle ages, all those internal traumas that you may not have worked yet to resolve will start catching up to you again. So what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Think about the things that torment you inside right now, that might be on your mind right now, related to your experiences in life. Those will stay with you unless you work to make peace with them. And to help you with that, come to my office and make time and we'll talk about it. But what I'm saying is that this tool, this medication of gratitude, is also vitally important for getting through the very big difficulties of life that will hit you. When you will feel as though you're being hit in every single direction, personal, professional, social, internal, sometimes all those things happen exactly at the same time, and that's when you know it's a from Allah. But then the gratitude portion can also help keep you reminding yourself that there is always sunlight somewhere in the middle of all the darkness. 
So I'm just saying this also just for your own sake as a tool to help you get through life. And every one of us has to go through the struggle. Every one of us, every one of us has to go through the unknowns. Every one of us has to go through those internal traumas. I can do it and you can do it too. So with that, I remind you once again, the dua is in Surah Al-Ahqaf, and I'm happy to remind you if you, if you forget the beginning of it, memorize at least the beginning of it in English. My Lord, guide me to be grateful for what you bestowed upon me and upon my parents. And the rest of it is guide me to work deeds that are to your favor, and also for my children, righteousness, and then to you I turn in repentance, and to you I turn in Islam. So I remind you of someone who's gone through more, more struggle than all of us, and that is the Prophet, may peace be upon him. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu sallu alayhi wa sallim al-Islam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa barik wa sallam. O Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina nar. Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter, and protect us from the fire. And our Lord, guide us to be grateful for what you have bestowed upon each of us and upon our parents. And guide us to work deeds that are to your favor. And please make our children righteous. And to you we turn in repentance. And to you we turn in Islam. Subhanahu rabbika rabbil izzati amma yusifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillah. Rabbil alameen. Aqim as-salam.